Welcome to the latest edition of the SWN podcast. I am your host, Billy. I have not done an introduction this time because it seemed to have dropped off views. I don't know if just being bombarded with my face was scary for everyone. Uh, but I am joined this week by the devil's advocate, FPWA's Johnny Reeves. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Billy. I appreciate it. Thanks for, for coming on. Um, so we'll, we'll start off, we'll just go straight into the boring question. What hooked you into wrestling? Well, I'm a bit older than a lot of your other guests that you've had on. So like my first introduction to wrestling was a match between Mr. Perfect and the Blue Blazer at WrestleMania 5. That was like the That's first wrestling match that I can remember seeing and just this whole like high flying stuff that both the Blazer at the time no one knew it was Owen Hart and Mr. Perfect. For me it's the technical wrestling that I gravitate towards. I mean obviously you know like Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior were like these larger than life cartoon characters but for me it was technical wrestling that made me sit up and take notice of it. So you got a guy like Mr. Perfect then who pretty much can do just about Anything. He's Mr. Perfect. He, so yeah. he, was, was he one of the guys you just were just like, uh, this is the guy that I'm going to be watching, or was there anyone else around about that time? Um, I was quite big into tag team wrestling. I, I don't know why, but I always thought, you know, this whole four people in the ring, and, you know, obviously, you know, because I was young, I, I believed it was real and things. So seeing all these like technical clinics, like, my go-to tag team was the Brainbusters, Arn Anderson and Tilly Blanchard. Like Arn Anderson has the best spinebuster in the business, bar none. I'll I'll go on record and say that. Eh? I, think, um, I think for for me for the older stuff because I'm I'm a little bit younger. Uh, I was I was born in 1990, so I didn't really start until the Attitude Era and and yeah. a bit after that. Um, watching things like OSW Review uh, as an example gives me that new appreciation for that kind of style. Arn Anderson especially, oh, uh, Quebecers for example, I couldn't believe yeah. how great were the, the Rougeaux as well. These, these are all yeah. teams that I weren't, I wasn't there for when I started watching, but uh, mm-hmm. seeing them do their thing is just, man, uh, oh, it was just incredible. Yeah, yeah ex- I mean like the Rockers and the Brainbusters had some absolute built-in matches, like from what I remember growing up. Um, even Demolition, The Legion of Doom, you know, they weren't really your kind of technical wrestlers, but man, like if you were to get hit by a forearm from one of those guys, you know you would, you would sell it because you would have no choice. Yeah, it was, it was back, well, back then, 80s into early 90s, before the new gen era, I suppose we would call it, um, yeah. it was just larger in life characters not I mean Absolutely. Eugen was a bit more cartoony but that point which is more like your big characters um so from that point did you have you just been watching for life since then so the last what 30 pretty years much. or pretty much yeah I, th- I think it's been um you know I've kind of went up and down with wrestling um you know but it's had its glory days like like the, even like the early 90s when they were trying to transition away from like your your cartoony thing to then all your wrestlers having like a gimmick nine to five Monday Friday job, like KL Hopper was a plumber and all that nonsense. And then transitioning into the attitude era, I just like 
how could you not sit up and take notice? Absolutely. I mean, it, I think I've said in previous podcasts, it, it, again, it's all about moments as well. So as long as something keeps you hooked, then you're always yes. going to be hooked, regardless of, of what it is. If, if you're, for whatever reason, you're watching absolute dross uh, in 1996, and, but you see yeah. the 1-2-3 kid, for example, you go, well, that's my guy. I'm going to continue watching just because I want to see the 1-2-3 kid does. Yeah, I mean, like, when he beat Razor Ramon back in, oh, man, I was in 92, 93, that was that moment where it's like, oh, my God. You know, because here's this, like, little skinny kid, basically, that's beating Razor Ramon. Do you know this established name who, months later or months before, was fighting Bret Hart for the world title? And to me, I think that gave it that wee bit legitimacy of was that meant? Was that not meant? Blurring the lines. That's what I love about wrestling is when the lines get blurred. Really, got, it, it really sold the WWE's mantra of uh, anything can happen in the World Wrestling Federation, which is like their, yeah. their thing on the, on the well, especially the arch of VHSs. I remember that was their <laughs> big tagline yeah. uh, just before yeah. the, uh, the Titan Towers Super Bowl commercial. Um, making it a better place for all mankind. Uh, but yeah, yeah. That, that kind of thing, because like I said, I started, started in that shit but one of my first VHSs was the 1994 Royal Rumble. Actually, it was my, th- oh. my third video. So Mate. I got to, got to <laughs> yeah. see right into that kind of cartoon, everyone's got a job, kind of just about into that into that era. And yeah. you're right, it is, it's seeing those, those kind of legitimacy kind of things that really um, keeps you keeps you going um so went to that attitude era um, so any other favorites from from let's say up until i don't know 2005 or, or, or any, any um, picks, even even the worst who's your boys okay i'm going to steal i'm going to just steal all the stuff from most of you who who are your boys um do you know i was a big fan of the original heart foundation like Brett and Jim Neidhart. Um, again, tag team wrestling, that was my thing. But then when they came back in 97, as like the faction with Owen and like, that's when I first got my first glimpse of Brian Pillman. And again, that caused me to look back his stuff and was like, oh my God, this guy is actually so good. But obviously with his injury, he was limited to what he can do. Absolutely, yeah. Hollywood Blondes um, is, is definitely a team that I've... Exactly, I've again, another tag team. Enjoyed. Exactly, yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 get, I'm getting your... I'm getting your... Uh, Do you see a pattern here? So, yeah, so I'll, I'll throw out one of my, my boys, uh, just because I saw an amazing uh, gif of, of him today doing a Total World Slam. Billy Gunn was one of my guys... That I've was seen just, that gif. Yeah, he's just... I never understood why he never became as big as he was. Um, well, I think I understood because he couldn't speak for anything. But uh, he, he was kind of piggybacking off Road Dog for a lot of it. But the, the guy himself was just jacked. He could do it all in the ring if we need, when he needed to. And I just couldn't believe that. I mean, after the King of the Ring, oh yeah, she should have been. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I remember. Um, hanging out with Billy Gunn um, just last year down in Norwich because he was working for WAW um, 
and I remember just sitting chatting to him, eating strawberries, as you do. And he's a really sound guy, and he's quite humble as well, which, when you, when you, do you know, it's that kind of mantra of, like, you should never really meet your heroes. I was always, always worried about that. But no, he was, like, a really decent guy as well, which took me by surprise. I don't, I don't know if, if I'm, I've, I've kind of, since the last couple of years, I've kind of um, just grown softer towards him because he was actually my first WWE wrestler properly met. Uh, WrestleZone. Aye. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They came up with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. So <laughs> it, it was, yeah, he was the first one I met, and it was just like, I've, well, let's see if I've still got it. I do. So keep it out here. Got him to sign up. Uh, did he WWF tag team belt. And what a lad. That's that's how, and, and I got, for some reason, Jim Duggan signed it. But I was too scared at that point to say no. To be anyway. fair, though, how, how would poor Jim have felt if he just walked straight past him? <laughs> I, I, I took uh, the Royal Rumble anthology for him to sign. That's, that was going to be my big thing for him yeah. to sign. But then I'd, I'd already been starstruck oh, yeah. by Billy Gunn. And oh, yeah, I'd already had this belt in my hand. He went, do you want me to sign it? And I was like, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Please. Yeah, I, I wouldn't <laughs> say no to Jim Duggan either. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, so how did you go from being the fan to trying to be the wrestler? Well, um, I started a good few years ago now. Um, I started with W3L, as I would say 90% of your guests have done, <laughs> um, when they were initially in Kirkcaldy. And, you know, I got introduced to it by Johnny Lyons. He took me along to my first training seminar. Um, and I was expecting, you know, this building with a wrestling ring and crash mats and all these bells and whistles. Mate, it was a children's crash with numbered mats on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not what you're, you're expecting. You're, yeah, exactly. You're expecting the bright lights and the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the performance centre. The WWE performance centre is what you expect. Yeah. But so, then, yeah. What was, was that like first crash. bump then? So was it on these, these number mats or did you yes. even get that far? Yeah, no, it was like, um, you know, they had guys like Kevin Williams was there and Mike Musso and all that. And these guys are like are taking their bumps and I'm just like looking around being like, are they expecting me to do that? I'm like, oh, I don't know. So like, you know, I got shown the basic first bump, you know, when you're like crouched right, right down. And I took a bump and I was like, okay, that wasn't that bad. But then as you do it, like from standing, Man, I remember taking my first proper bump and I remember lying on the mat and then looking up at Mike Misso and he's like, oh yeah, remember and breathe out? <laughs> because, you know, you take this big gasp of air and then it's got to come out one way or the other. So when you hit that mat, oh my gosh, I've never, I've never felt an experience like it before. See, see, when you say that, I am now not at all surprised when, when W3L come up our way and and Mike's doing just bumps on hard floor uh, in a yeah, hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if that's where he kind of, I'm, I'm assuming much like, uh, I'll get on to Andy Well in a bit, but I'm, I'm assuming much like the, be the best trainers, he's not expecting you to do anything he wouldn't do himself. So... If you're doing a bump on that tiny mat, then he is going to be there doing it as well. Oh, yeah, like, fair play. I mean, like, um, 
me and Mike Moose will go way back. Um, and personally speaking, I don't think he gets the credit that he fully deserves. I, I don't. And I, I mean, like, he's produced some really, really good talent. Like, you know, like Kevin Williams, um, Taylor Bryden, Sarah Marie Taylor. Like, that woman has got so much potential. It's insane. But, like, yeah, Mike, I'd... I, Fair play to him for like the longevity that he's had. Eh? I mean, I don't think he gets enough credit. Um, we've got an upcoming interview with with one of the people that you mentioned there. Of course, we've already spoken to to Kev Williams in the past. Yeah, and uh, we're hoping to avoid. Uh, I've hidden all the dog toys, and <laughs> Good I have shout. no idea when the ice cream van is scheduled. But uh, <laughs> I think in this room, when I was doing the SWN live recently, you can't hear it. I can hear it, but you can't hear it from in this room. So. I'm very much hoping that we're not being interrupted because I know every time I do an interview at the, uh, or announce an interview, that's like usually one of the first comments I see you making is ice cream van. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like, I, I don't know when they arrive, but uh, it, it's usually around about like maybe a couple hours from now. So hopefully we'll, we'll just avoid it. Um, yeah, hopefully. Or, or it'll just signal the end of the podcast when, it, when <laughs> just, we're about just, an hour just, in. Just, just cut, just cut. That's <laughs> ice cream van. We've got to go. We've got to go. Could get in the cell 99. So, so you took a little break. Um, was was yeah. that, How long were you into W3L training before you took that break? I would say it was a good few years. I mean, I worked a few matches for Mike. Um, did a few shows and stuff. Had had a really one of my the best matches that I've had with W3L was against you and Mackie. Um, Mike Musso ran a, a nightclub in Dunfermline and he put me on with you in. And honestly, it was like a day off. You know, again, I personally feel that Ewan's another one that should be miles ahead of where he is. I don't know why he's not, but, you know, I'm sure we'll figure that out. But I wrestled Ewan for, I would say, about, it was about a seven, eight-minute match. And honestly, man, it was like the best thing that I've ever done. You is definitely one of those where I, I think it's less when you see you and wrestle. It's, it's less wrestling and more performance. I always find That's that his a, matches is just a performance. He, I, he, he comes out. He's he's the goblin, and the uh, I I, just, I love that he just commentates his matches. At the same time. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I'm not. I'm not surprised. I've, I've seen. I've seen you wrestle many times, and he always seems to bring the best out of someone. Um, oh, through, for definite. Himself or, or uh, just just through to just every way he can. So, what what was your first match then for for WCL or who was it against ever? Well, um, I got thrown in at the deep end. It was at a camp show. Um, Johnny Lyons had this tag team partner called Tommy Turner at one point. They were called the Tenacious Guns many moons ago. But Tommy took ill in the ring van going down to the down to the camp. I can't remember where it was. It was like Seaton Sands or it was those like kind of Haven holiday park things. So like Tommy took up well in the van and they called me backstage and they're like, yeah, you're going to have to go and wrestle. Tommy's not well. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, sure, whatever. And then he just, uh, in front of me. And this, you know, I didn't have any gear with me, so I had to wear his gear. 
and I got put in there with a guy called um, the judge, Jimmy James, who was the original member of a tag team called Fight Club. Um, and the Jimmy James was about 200 and odd pounds, and man, he was jacked. He was, and you know, there's me, my first ever match going, I have no idea what to do or what to expect or things like that, because it was literally curtain time. So I'm just going out there and we're, we're calling it on the fly. And the only thing I could really remember was a German suplex. And oh my God, he suplexed me from one corner and I landed almost in the other corner. He just threw me, man. And that was my first ever match. So, so yeah, definitely the, the deep end then. Um, oh, man, yeah. So, so a couple, couple of years in, um, working the odd matches, uh, I mean, told me I ask you, what, what led to you taking your, your break for the moment? You don't have to be super detailed, but uh, what led you to that break? <laughs> um, I think it was just a case of, um, I just felt that within myself, and I mean, again, this was nothing on Mike Musso or W3L at all, but I just felt frustrated with, where I was and oh man that makes me sound like such a douche but you know like the, the gimmick that I had was you know I was under a hood and I was like Japanese and look at me man I'm pale as fudge you know I just wasn't comfortable doing a gimmick that I personally myself felt that wasn't going anywhere so, you know, I decided to take a bit of a break and it turned into a bit more longer than what I expected to have a family and a mortgage and all that grown-up nonsense. Oh, the mor mortgage is the worst thing. Um, oh, mate, yeah. So that means I'm just using my, 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 my uh, power deduction here. Uh, were you, were you uh, was it, is it Matsu? Kazuma? Was that, was that I, who you were? I, or one of his brothers? Matsu Kazuma was one of the spin-offs from my character. Um, Kurakawa Kazuma. Okay. Mate, on, on, on the rare occasions that kids ask me for like an autograph and stuff, I, I don't even know how to spell that. So I'm just like... <laughs> just scribbling on a piece of paper. Now, now I don't want you to, to break my heart too much, but did you ever... Uh, enter as a certain Bulgarian baker as part of your your time. I didn't. That's that's okay. That means the mystery. That means there's there's still mystery who the Bulgarian the baker I know is. Mm. Uh, I love the Bulgarian baker. He's just I've never I've never been in in like entranced by a character that's so rubbish. Look, just, if that's not. A if that's not a jab at the WWF's gimmick era, I don't know what is. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that I see it every year and maybe the day before I'm like, I think I'm a bit fed up with the Bulgarian baker. And then he comes out and I'm like, I'm not fed up with the Bulgarian yes. baker. It's the best <laughs> thing ever. Uh, so you took your break and you came back when, was it, were you in the first class of Fife Pro Wrestling Asylum? Would that be right? Yes. Yeah. Um... I remember looking up on Facebook, I think it was like August or September, and seeing FPWA opening up. And, well, I, you know, I don't actually think it mentioned where it was opening up. But I just remember messaging the page, being like, hey guys, how are you? Blah, blah. Completely unknown 
who it was that was behind it because like Andy's name had not been announced yet. Um, so like they took an email address for like you know one of those like mail blast things, and when I got an email back, it had Andy's name on it, and I'm just like, yes. So like I knew then from that moment on, I knew that it was a no brainer. And then of course uh, Johnny Lyons jumped in as well. Johnny so Lyons. That's, that seems Again. to be it's like it's like. Uh, a bit of familiarity for you. He's like, well, I've, I've trained Johnny Lyons. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, I've, I've mentioned to Stuart a few times, and again, that boy just, I don't know. There's something about him. He was so entertaining, but he was also so good at what he does in the ring as well. Like, technicality. You know, his technical style, and he's, he's hard-hitting, and... Again, he was someone else that just should have been miles ahead of where he was. He's, he's a guy that just, I, I think he just remembers faces really well because every time, I, I think I met him once, and then every time <laughs> I went back to a show, he would just point at me and shout my name very loudly. Yeah. And it's like, okay, hi, hi, hi Johnny. <laughs> Johnny. Yeah, yeah. I know you're <laughs> so, like... Super, super intense, uh, but hearing past yeah. stories from him, I'd rather be on his good side than talking uh, when he's in the cinema, if anyone's heard those those trials, tribulations. I've, I've heard he uh, doesn't take kindly to people who mess about in the cinema. So I assume he'd be the same if you mess about in, in class. He's, he's uh, a taskmaster, but again, he, he wouldn't, do, wouldn't expect you to do anything he wouldn't do himself. Do you know, again, like, um, Andy had a... I think it was like a one-fall session that Andy done, and a, or was it? I can't remember, but somehow John ended up having to take a class at APWA. And the warm-up, the bump drills, the running of the ropes, everything, he was, he was first. He was first. Because, again, you're absolutely spot on. Like, he wouldn't ask you to do something that he's not either comfortable doing or just won't do himself. So, so yeah, I just, I just imagine that that was probably a very long day, but you probably got a lot of out, out of it. because <laughs> yeah. yeah. very intense. <laughs> oh, he is. But again, he knows what it takes to get to that level. You know, so I mean, it's not like he's telling you to do things just for the sake of, eh, we're doing it because it's expected. But, you know, he's, he's showing us how to, what to do because that's something that we need to do. Eh? Exactly. Um, so, I did ask you in, in, in one of our past interviews, what was the hardest part of, of training? You said it was pretty much your time management. was was trying to fit yeah. everything in. So yeah. now that we're in kind of lockdown, training's not really happening. Uh, how are you finding uh, trying to keep yourself motivated and in, in ring shape, for lack of a better term? Surprisingly, I'm doing a better job than what I was expecting. Um I've just finished um, my HNC college course for events management. Um, so I'm looking at, I'm going back in September to do my HND events management. So now that I've finished that, I'm kind of using this time just to like try and like get my cardio back up to a point where I'm not running the ropes five times and then, you know, passing out with exhaustion. You know, so like from my, from my house, I live like right in the middle of Dunfermline Town Centre. I would gap at nine o'clock in the morning, put on my shoes, and walk to Edinburgh and back. Because you know, what better way to get your cardio up than walk? How, how I've I've really bad geography. How how far would that be? 
Uh, it's 20 miles one way. Okay. Right, okay. <laughs> but this makes me feel bad. There was a couple of weeks ago I'd uh, end up just out of, just out of nowhere to sign take my dog to, from Elgin to Lombride. And it's six miles. So yeah. I did six miles and six miles back and I was dying. So yeah. I think you're doing 20 miles one way and then probably just seeing how you're feeling 20 miles back. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I'd, I'd, I'd get through there, then I'd have a cup of coffee somewhere and, like, you know, die quietly in a corner and then pluck up the courage to either, like, you know, do I get a train back or do I suck it up, bark up? <laughs> right, so so pretty much you're you're all in. <laughs> That's what I'm getting from that. You're, you're like... Pretty much. You're, I mean, you're going for it. Yeah, I mean, there's, I, I, I would be embarrassed, you know, if I was to be in the ring with someone like, um, front, you know, someone like Luke King Sharp, who, again one of the best in the business right now if I couldn't like you know go with him you know if he had to like put me in a chin lock so for me to like get my breath back and I'd be like what are you doing you know I just feel personal in myself that I wouldn't belong there mm -hmm. I maybe just been a little bit critical of myself I don't know eh? I'm sure other people will tell me well it's just one of those things it's been striving for perfection isn't it I mean um, you'll no doubt that when you have your first match um, as part of FWA, FPWA, whether it's a showcase or uh, whether yeah. you're working with W3L or, or even Discovery as a pre-show, for example, um, yeah. you're going to hate that match. You're going to come out of it <laughs> and you're going to absolutely hate every second of it. Um, you think you've done everything wrong and then when you watch it back, you'll be like, I've done that. I've done that right. Yeah. Done this. So it's it's yeah. time for perfection, which I mean... It's it's not it's the, probably one of the best attitudes to have from someone from, talk from the outside, uh, mm -hmm. what looking in. I mean, if you if you go in and your thought is I just want to get through it uh, with as little effort as possible, then that will show. So as long as like, you're you're trying, people will go. Exactly, well, he's, he's giving it a go at least. I'm going to support him because um, yeah. I've I've seen some matches with, with folk that just looked like they just didn't want to be there, and they could do all the moves and the motions. But if, they, if you could tell they don't want to be there, you know. So Ex why should I be Yeah, interested? exactly. I mean, I'm sure you've seen your fair share of wrestling shows. I mean, like, from an outside looking in, you can just you can probably pinpoint a match and be like, yeah, you don't want to be here, do you? And if the crowd, if one person in the crowd sees it, everybody else is probably going to see it. Yeah, I mean, I've all been to, what, 50 shows, I think, over my years. And there has been... Yeah, you, I've I've tried to be nice about it in reviews, like more recent ones that I've maybe spotted someone just just going through the motions. Maybe just yeah. going, well, it could have been better, but in reality, I'm sitting there going, "Why did you bother coming? Just, oh, yeah, sorry, just just sit it out. Someone in the back will have their gear with them and do a better job than than you're you know doing." What? Right exactly, now. exactly. Um, so I don't know how I'm going to segue to this question. So we're just going to just going to run with it. Uh, this okay. is the the special part of the show where Kevin Williams insists that we ask, what's your favourite dinosaur? My favourite dinosaur? Um, well, it's funny actually, my daughters, um, my daughters have just won a primary four and they did a project on dinosaurs last year and I learned a few things about a triceratops that has the smallest brain of all the dinosaurs. Oh. This, this Triceratops pops up quite a lot in our conversations with this dinosaur I didn't even question. Know that. So it's, yeah, it's, it's uh, well, it, it's it's very popular despite being a bit dim. Which yeah, no, I can yeah. I can uh, 
I can sympathise with that. <laughs> and again, again, I hope I don't offend Kevin here, but do you know what? I've never seen any of the Jurassic Park films. Wow. I, I, to be honest, I've only seen the first and Jurassic World. So, right. okay. the, the only reason I know the ones in between is because I've, I've recently just finished Lego Jurassic Park oh, on on the play, on the Vita. That, that's pretty much my. That's fair. The only reason why I know what happens between Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. <laughs> so, um, so it's a. No, again, again, no way to segue it. So you're a bit older than the, 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 the people that we've, we've had, as, as you said yourself. Um, yes. Again, a more regular thing has happened in these podcasts is we end up speaking about cartoons and uh, childhood TV shows. What's your favourites? Yeah. Oft. Um, Danger Mouse. I don't know if you all remember that. Danger uh, Mouse. Had to be sidekick. Penfold? Yes, it was, uh, was yeah. David Jason, was it? That's the very one, yeah. I, I remember of it. I think I was just, just missed I'm, it. You might have just, yeah. But yeah, no, like, I, I, I look at all the 80s cartoons and 90s cartoons and things like that, and I, I remember sitting there, and I, I'm such an old person. Like, see, when the Power Rangers got renewed, I'm like, that's not what I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty much the same. After Zeal, I'm just like, yeah, man. Nah, this isn't for me. I'm, I'm. I right. think I've tapped out now. I've, I've seen yeah. Tommy become the Red Ranger, and that's a bit weird enough for me as it is. So, I'm just yeah. Wasn't he like? It. Wasn't he the original white one or green one or something? He was the Green Ranger, and then he was that's the right. White Tiger Ranger, and then became the Red Zeal Ranger. And oh. I'm going to be totally wrong next, but I'm sure he was the either the Black or Gold Dino Ranger. Possibly, oh. someone will correct me. I'm sure. I'm someone, sure, someone, I'm sure the will. Yeah, the, the will, because that seems to be kind of anything like that seems to be a hot topic. I don't know how it's become that way in the, these podcasts, but after the wrestling chat, it seems just to be what's your favorite cartoons? Uh, so, <laughs> Danger Mouse, uh, original Power Rangers, Mighty Morphin. Uh, Power yeah. Uh, who's your favorite? Kimberly. She was pretty fit. Yeah. Yeah, it has to be said, man. Eh? I'm not. <laughs> we, can't, we can't lie. I mean, everyone will say. I mean, even myself will say. Well, Jason was my favourite. Tommy was my favourite. No, it, it's 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 Kimberly. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, Catherine when, when she came in to replace Kimberly, it wasn't the same. It was it's still. No, you know, I yeah. Use my Power Rangers knowledge there. Uh, <laughs> so we'll we'll kind of swing back to the wrestling because I don't want to make this SWN podcast the cartoons um which you know could be a spin-off if we never know man that in the future um we'll go back to just some of your, your favorite matches that you've watched um in our list in our previous interview which you go check on the swn website um you put out there uh brett and owen wrestlemania 10 yeah again again uh, it's the technical side of wrestling it's the storytelling it's the whole brother versus brother aspect it's, I, I think storytelling and wrestling is so it's missing right now. I don't know if that's the pandemic or the performance center or like I I don't know. But for me, I was always invested in storylines that lasted months. I was always one for a drawn out storyline to make that payoff mean a bit more. Like that's all Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio thing. I'm not. I'm not sold on it. It's just going too quick. 
Yeah, I mean stuff like that. I think when when I'm watching the shows, like I, I just watch the pay per views and then I watch the Raws and Smackdowns through the YouTube clips. I don't, yeah, I just don't have the access to anything else. But um, for me, it, when this first started, this this no crowd shows and that you saw who, in my mind, you saw who was more recently on the indies and who wasn't. Because the people that were on Indies very recently, they knew how to work in front of next to nobody. Exactly. They, they had to um, project themselves to three people, four people, a yeah. couple, couple tens of people. And then you <laughs> see the people that have been, bar exceptions, like your, your ones that have been around since your adult, Randy Orton, for example, who oh, well, I don't think will ever get the appreciation he deserves until he retires. Um, Guys like them who's, who could just play, who plays with subtleties, which works in this kind of environment right now because mm-hmm. you're working to a camera. Um, but you see guys that have, that have been in this maybe WWE system for years, 10 years or so, that don't know how to work in front of nobody. Yeah. I, mean, I said, it's yeah. Just some, I guess someone, I don't know what the ins and outs are or, or how, how wrestling should be because I've never done it. But I can see when you watch it and go, you don't know how to work in front of one camera. You're working. You're working to work in front of a thousand people that aren't there. Yeah. So um, I kind of went way off topic there, but um, anyway, Brett and Owen. So <laughs> Brett and Owen, did, did you see the, the their timeline episode on the network? It just went out. No, I've yet to watch that. Oh, uh, it's it's very interesting. I mean, it's just about an hour, and it's all about the storyline itself. But good. Um, when it, it, it's definitely one of those rivalries when you. You can go back and watch. I think it feels timeless because yeah. everyone, everyone has a rivalry with a brother. If you have a brother, exactly, exactly. I mean, again, given Brett and Owen, I think it's like you were saying, it is timeless. I think that there's only maybe a handful of feuds out there over the course of the the last maybe thirty years that have truly stood the test of time, and that is up there. Absolutely. Um, trying to just try and think off the top of my head ones that would be. You could go back and go, well, this, you could just pluck that and put now, and it would still work the same. Um, but no, I'm really struggling to think of any more that would be as, as easy to pick up than Brett yeah. Owen. Um, another one of your favourite matches again, Bret Hart. We, so you said your, one of your, your favourite teams were the Hart Foundation. Yeah. Um, would you say overall, as a technical wrestling fan, Bret Hart would probably be your, your number one? Yeah, without a doubt. Um, between him and Chris Benoit. Again, that was, that was the other match. So, so Bret Hart one two three K. I think we, we kind of touched on yeah. that a little bit at the start uh, when I, I brought up one two three kid. Um, just just how Bret was able to. He was one of those guys. I don't think I appreciated when I was younger um, until. I don't think recently. you do, Because eh? again, I'm, I'm. I mean. Again, it's supposed to be reviews' fault, but when going back and watching the episodes that they're doing, they kind of point out just the little movements that he made that I wouldn't have caught when I was yeah. ten or twelve. Going back and watching these things, I mean, ninety-four Rumble, perfect example. Um, it was that was the start of the proper start of uh, the Owen prep feud. Yeah. That was the I'm gonna kick your leg out your leg uh, uh, moment, oh. and then oh. you came into the Royal Rumble and. He was his leg was drooping. It was he was just sold it the whole time, and yeah. then went on to to win with Luger. And 
if if they could not have done that finish any better than they, they no, could have. Yeah. They couldn't have landed any better. Um and the other match was was Benoit, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania twenty. Yeah. Um because I was like a big Benoit guy, um I was I had um, my first girlfriend at the time. On the day of WrestleMania twenty was her twenty first birthday. I I bumped her off for WrestleMania twenty. Oh, were, um, were you pop? Did that did that relationship last much much longer? <laughs> another another three and a half year. All right. Well, was it a deal breaker then? That's, that's <laughs> no, <laughs> mate. I got so much heat though. It wasn't funny. <laughs> It's fine. Only turned twenty-one once. I mean, this is exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, of course, I'll just put out the statement now that we don't condone Chris Benoit's actions and, and no, absolutely not. So, yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone would expect me just to go, "Oh, Benoit, great guy," but uh, just yeah. just just to cover my bases here. Yeah, oh, um, doubt, yeah. I I'll be honest. Again, I think he, he would have been like Bret Hart for me as a thing. If I watch his matches later in his career when he finished I think I would have had a new appreciation of course I can't yeah. now without the just intense awkwardness of watching him exactly but, yeah but I think he would have been one of those guys because technical wrestling is not my my bag uh, something I can go back and appreciate but I I like the Bulgarian Baker I like silly characters and I think if I watched it back in the 80s I would have been a humongous Hulk Hogan fan yeah. that's just my kind of my kind of silliness that I, I, I would go with. Um, but yeah, Benoit would be one of those guys that if, if, if things had changed, things were different, I could go back and watch the match and go, oh, I can't believe I didn't, I wasn't on board for this guy. Exactly. I mean, he was never really one for, he was never like a really good talker or anything, promo-wise. But, you know, what he did in the ring was just, oh, man. Absolutely. And he, he always... Like I said, it wasn't my thing, but I always felt he, he tried to bring guys to his level uh, of intensity. Uh, yeah, without back to, a doubt. Back to that intensity thing that I was speaking about, Johnny Lyons, who um, kind of similar in that vein, he'd always bring guys to his kind of intense level of, if, if you weren't, if you're not going to go at my speed, then I'm going to make you go at my speed. And do you know what? I think that's a testament to them as well. Because, you know, I'm not saying that the one two three kid wasn't a good wrestler, but the match that he had with Bret Hart made people actually, what are we now, about 20-something years after that match, we're still talking about it. So yeah, that's I mean, like a proper testament to those people, eh? Absolutely. I mean, you think that one, two, three kid, he went from, well, he was, he was the kid, and then he beat, he beat Razor, came one, two, three yeah. kid, and then eventually he became X-Pac, um, yeah. who, who back still on that same kind of vein, He's one of those guys, if I go back now and go on the network, look up 2000, year 2000, 2001, round about Invasion. And X-Pac is just ridiculously great in the ring. And He's so, all over everything in that era. Exactly. And rightfully so. And you, you, never, you never, again, never appreciated it at the time. He was just so good. Exactly. Um, he, was, he was one, I've, again, I've, I've met as, as a, a wee plug here. I'm assuming you as well, oh. please, is it? Right about the same time, uh, Billy Gunn was over for SWA. Him and X-Pac were over at the same time. I think so, give or take, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he was he was one of those guys, super humble. I went up, I picked an MWO uh, promo pick for him to sign, and he looked at me like going, don't pick that one. Just don't, oh, don't cool. pick them. Just I took them, it. but don't pick them. 
I went, no, no, it's fine. This is the one I've picked. I, I'm going to go with this one. And he went, right, okay. If you're going to pick that one, I'm going to give you the other one as well. And I'll sign it because I hate these. And I need to oh, go. what a lad. <laughs> so I've got two pictures of, of X-Pac signed, or six at the time, uh, him oh, signed because yeah, yeah. he just did not want those pictures and, and he just took them to open to get rid of them. So, oh, yeah, fantastic. So um, one of the companies that, that you... You're very much a, a advocate for a fan of. I know is WAW because yes. you mentioned the Knights and, and that. Yes, um, who who often get kind of a mixed reception. I think that's, that's they do indeed. Um, so what what's it like? What was it like working down in Norwich? Was it just uh, do you do a couple of matches or was it just ring set up? Yeah, I've I've did I've like I've I've known the family for years on end. Uh, I've known them for about ten years now. And I met them all at a W3L show. Um, so I try and I go down for like, they do like training weeks, like Monday, it's like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then they'll do like four shows on the weekend. So like I go down like three times, try and go down about three times a year. Um, so now, I mean, they're absolutely nice, lovely to work for, they're lovely to be around. Um, you know, Ricky lets me either stay at his house or they'll put me up in the training building, which, you know, it's a couch and a cover. What else do you need? Um, no, they're just, I mean, yeah, you're absolutely spot on. They do get quite uh, mixed reviews, but, you know, they're not, they're not shy at telling you what they are. They are council estate scum, but, you know, they'll tell you that themselves and they're proud of who they are. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no... Uh... I don't know what to, how to say it without Ricky Knight trying to contact me and punch me. But uh, j- just, he, there's there's no bells and whistles. There's no ears and graces. I think that's probably nope. the one. Um, they are, they, they exactly, they, they, again, trying to be very careful with our word this. They are what they look like. As yes. in, they look a bit rough. But they, 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 they will say themselves they're rough. Absolutely, and it's taken me a good few years to actually understand what Ricky Knight is saying. Bless him. <laughs> yeah, I, I could, I can imagine that. Um, <laughs> I, I've, have, I've only ever seen a handful of, of any night matches, of course, outside yeah. of Page. Um, Aye. I've seen plenty of, of Page uh, Page's matches. Um, but yeah, he's got what he's had one at, at W3L. I've got uh, their Resolution. Like it's yeah. Three, I want to say, but it can't be that. Yeah. There's an eight. I don't know. It's in a box up there. I don't want to go get I think it because so, yeah. my belly will just hang it. Um, and nobody wants to see that on a video podcast. Audio is fine. Um, so would that be a, a place that once, of course, once uh, training is um, resumed and you're able to actually get in the ring again, would that be one of the places that you'd want to kind of get oh. into regularly? Absolutely, without a doubt. Um, I know that I can message Ricky and be like, hey, hey, boss. You know, I call him boss for some reason. I don't know why. So it's a name that's just stuck. Um, I'll be like, I'm coming down. He's like, cool. You might crash in the building or what? And we'll just chat away. And then I could just turn up and I'll be accepted. Um, there's, a few, there's a few guys that FPWA that I would love to get down to Norwich as well, obviously with Andy's blessing. Um I so, you know, I wouldn't just take it upon myself to like, you know, take him down with me. Um but there's a few guys that are shown 
tremendous amount of promise at APWA just now that I would love to try and help out a bit. Yeah, I mean, if you've got if you've got the contacts, then it's yeah has to be done. Um, and anyone that you want to name names uh, for? Now I know that FPWA we've had quite a number of. And this this has yeah. kind of turned into a little bit of the FPWA official podcast. The FPWA but, podcast. But, oh. <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of guys that, that, that are there. Is there anyone you pick out? There's, there's a okay, there's a guy that trains under the name Frank Gallo. Um, during the lockdown, we did like a a promo kind of tournament, like just with the trainees and stuff. Um, I believe Andy actually put one of Frank's promos on the FPWA page. Um, he is so good, and he, you know Frank was one of these guys that had never stepped foot in a ring before, but. To, to get to where he is with his character, with his with his, his wrestling, his timing, his ring awareness, he has put in some amount of work. And if COVID haven't hadn't happened, this totally could have been his year. I really believe that. But next year, I think he is one of them that's going to go from here, like here. Um, and of course, for, for anyone else that wants to, to know about FPWA, you can go into their Facebook. We've had previous podcasts with uh, uh, Omar Mohammed, you should yes. say his name right, uh, Brent Carter yeah. as well. Yes. Brent, is a, Brent is another one, I think. You know, he, he started that Scandalorian thing just, mm. as a bit of a, just as a bit of a joke, you know, to, with the whole um, with the COVID thing, you know, there's really not much you can do apart from use social media to your advantage and now him and Benny are like this thing out of nowhere so I've, I've actually yeah. got uh, Benny coming on in a couple of weeks um, just to yes. uh, maybe maybe depending on, on how this goes I might get a, a Scrandalorian uh, thing going with the, all three of us uh, speaking about oh, it man. Uh, I, I don't know how that would go because for all I know about, well I met well, I spoke to Brent and so I kind of got his kind of character. Uh, Benny, for me, just seems like he's just a bundle of energy, so that's going to be very interesting. Yeah. And then maybe getting the two of them together, I might just be sitting in the corner just going, <laughs> on you, you guys take over. <laughs> oh, guys, I'll just, you, you just, you just uh, throw in answers and maybe a question, and I'll try to jump off it. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, if that's an idea, I might actually do that in the future, and it saves me a job. Uh, so, um, I've lost my train of thought. So, yeah, so definitely WAW is a place where I want to work. Is there anywhere else uh, in the UK that you're eyeing up um, for once you kind of graduate uh, FPWA? Discovery has been my thing from pretty much day one, um, from their like very first show when they did the Meadowbank in Edinburgh. Um, I refereed Discovery for a while. Um, you know, I think I crowned Chris Sabin as the Y Division champion, the highlight of my career. Um, so, like, me and Alan have gotten on pretty well. But again, obviously, I took a bit of time out for, like, you know, try and focus on my stuff. So, again, when FPWA cropped up, I thought, no, you know, I'm 38 in October. You know, it's now this is like, you know, this is going to be like pretty much my last kind of 
attempt at it to be any good and get somewhere. So if I could get like a main event match with Discovery, I, I'll consider that as a win. Absolutely, it's it's definitely a promotion that I would say prides itself in using talent that you might not see on Ex- yeah. shows. And uh, I mean, they use the guys like Reckless and uh, Reckless and and that, that to to really kind of polish, maybe polish some things. Exactly, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's definitely a company that I would I've heaped praise on. I'm hoping once these shows come up that I'm gonna um, somehow. My, my wife loves going to Edinburgh, so if I try and plan it right, um, I'll say, yeah, let's go to Edinburgh this particular weekend. And then once she's all agreed with it, I'll go, there's wrestling on on the Friday. <laughs> let's just go to that. Why not? So yeah. Oh, no, I didn't even know the show was on. Um, so, yeah, definitely Discovery Wrestling. Uh, again, I'm speaking about Reckless. Would that be a... No, just anywhere. We just want to get anywhere. Again... You know, Reckless Intent and I go back many years when it was owned by Michael Chase. Um, you know, again, it's something, it's another company that I've had, kind of, I've dabbled my feet in, so to speak, but now it's under completely new management. They don't know me and I don't know them. So it's, yeah, I, I, I would, I would go back. Um, I don't know if they still run shows out of their, um, they're like training unit or not, but they used to do that every month. So it's, again, it's something for trainees to work towards. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, all right. So so you pretty much just want to get in the ring. That's, that's kind of what I'm getting. It's, it's kind of I, I'm feeling it's kind of like a, a redemption arc. Um, you had your 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 time at W3L. And now this is your um, not to make it too dramatic. Your last shot. Your redemption to to be a wrestler. Do you know, and it is, and I mean, I know that that sounds like it could be a film somewhere, um, but you know, like, my daughter's eight, and you know, we were watching old videos of a company, and she's seen me refereeing Drew McIntyre matches, and she's looking at Drew, she's looking at me, she's looking at Drew, she's looking at me, and it's like, yeah, Daddy actually used to be able to do this. Do you know what I mean? So it's that I would love to actually get in the ring and wrestle and for her to see me. I know, that, again, that sounds like cheesy as, but... Well, I mean, right now, it's it's everything's kind of put on hold, but I'm sure yeah. once, once 2021 rolls around and the apocalypse hasn't arrived, we'll be able to, to get to wrestling again. Um, I, I mean, I know as a fan, I am just itching to go see wrestling again. Um, I mean, I don't... I think... Yeah, on you go. No, I think when, like, the the COVID thing kind of calms down and Nicola gets the finger out and is like, yeah, okay. I think wrestling is going to have a massive boom period again because not only are the in-ring performers itching to get back, the fans are itching to go back. So whether it's like Reckless and 10, W3L, Discovery, tickets are going to sell out quite quick. And and let's be honest as well. I mean, we're, we're not going to delve into it, but I think there's a, a there's less companies, there'll be less companies around when the shows come back. That, so fans will be, they'll all be clamouring 
to get to this one show in that particular area. Yeah, yeah. Um, so will the demand will be there? Um, I don't know if they'll be. I'm assuming it'll be very limited. Um, just, I just popped in my head like a couple of days ago when I was thinking about how they're going to do it. Um, and I went to see Rock and Wrestle for the first time uh, at the Ironworks. Yeah, uh, it was very limited. It was limited uh, seating, but you went in. Everyone had a table, and there was four seats at each table. And that was pretty much you. I mean, I, I went by myself, so I had old table to myself. It was great, nice. but uh, it was it was. I think that might be the way for a little I think bit so. if they're trying to dip, yeah. dip the toes in, so everyone can. If you saw the um, was it the Sam Sam Fender concert that everyone had like a barrier square to themselves. Do you know, I seen that, and do you know if that's the way forward for concerts or wrestling shows. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I am absolutely okay with that because the worst thing, the, the thing I hate the most about going to a concert is other people. So if I can get my own little, little uh, six yeah. by six square to myself with a little platform that I can see everything, I I am all in for it. Um, so absolutely, I think that may be the way. Plus, you'll be at a wrestling show and you'll have a little ring to yourself. So uh, it, it, if, if anyone's wanted to patent that idea. Um, contact me we can get something set up uh, but, but yeah that's that's uh, even if the shows do come back properly i think if i ever do a promotion that's still how it's setting up where i have a little family bit each each everyone's got a little family bit for themselves um, well i've seen the i've seen the card that you had on your own wee show that you were talking about the other day yeah i looked I, at that to be fair uh, that, that would be a good show I, it's I, I always think of someone after I do it. That's why I put the big rumble at the end, because I love a rumble anyway. Uh, the, the, yeah. Just the best things. So I'm like, if, if anyone reads that and think, well, I haven't been put in this, you're in the rumble. That's where you are. So yeah. I included everyone with how to include everyone. <laughs> so I was like, rumble. <laughs> anyone who contacted me going, oh, can I not have a match? Rumble. You're in the rumble. Uh, that's, yeah. that's where you are. Uh, they, It'd probably uh, have to be like a hundred man rumble time to please everyone. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it'll be a. Uh, uh, five-star wrestling uh, levels of chaos, but I mean, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Well, <laughs> yeah, let's not go there. I mean, uh, Omar contacted me and went, oh, I'll be the first one eliminated. And I was like, well, that means main event, early finish, get to go home. So Exactly. I felt like my promoter, uh, inner promoter coming out me going, don't complain, you get to go home early and you get paid for a main event. So just, just <laughs> enjoy it. Um, Although, but, yeah. like, do you know, that's one thing that I've actually never, ever did. I've been, like, there's so many shows that I've been on that have been, like, maybe the first or second match, but I've always, always stayed behind and watched the rest of the show because that's where you learn. Absolutely. I mean, that's, and it's also, unless you've got a prior arrangement or another show across town or something like that, it's, there's a level yeah. of respect as well. You, you, exactly. You're, you're on the show. You're there for the show. Yes, absolutely, without a doubt. So I think that's just that's a perfect point to kind of just wrap up because um, we've been about an hour and uh, as as I, I try to when I started this uh, I thought half an hour episode is fine but with every episode it seems to increase every couple minutes so we'll try and maybe do a part two in the future once once uh, yeah without a doubt um, so where can people find you on the internet well I had to write this down because man my memory is rubbish Facebook.com Johnny Reeves FPWA, Twitter Reeves FPWA, Instagram Johnny underscore Reeves FPWA. Easy as that. Easy as that. 
thank you very much for, for coming on and uh, look forward to seeing the Devil's Advocate, hopefully, back in the ring soon. Or hopefully, back in the ring sooner the better. Exactly. <laughs>